All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. With the lead. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day. This is the lead brought to you by our friends at Soho. Check them out, SohoYeg.com. Fantastic deals on game day, including half-price wings, specials on Molson and Coors, and eight bucks for a pint of their famous pizza, or sorry, a pint of beer and a slice of their famous pizza. Their beer's famous too. It's all famous down at Soho on Jasper. The lead today, of course, is the loss to the Winnipeg Jets on Saturday night. It was New Year's Eve. The vibes were good. The Oilers are wearing their reverse retro jerseys, which they're now 0-3 in. Not good. Not good. I told you I didn't love those jerseys, and now I know why. The Oilers can't win in them. And as you can see here on your screen, Connor Hellebuck was sensational. He made 31 saves. The Oilers got a goal from Clem the Dream Costin, but it was not enough. They lose the game 2-1. to one. Honestly, though, a lot to like from the Oilers' effort in that hockey game. If it's a sign of the style of play and the way this team is going to play in 2023, I'll take it. I thought they played good. They limited the shots against. As you can see, Jack Campbell only had to face 17 shots in that hockey game. The Oilers, even at five on five, managed to outshoot the Jets at a two to one clip. How about the D pairing of Philip Broberg and Evan Bouchard as well? I was digging through some of the numbers the next morning. Neither of those D men were on the ice for a shot against at five on five. Again, plenty of positives in this hockey game, but for the Oilers, just not enough. They came close. Tyler Yamamoto hit a crossbar with less than 30 seconds to play. Yesa Pugliarvi robbed in front in that game. There were a lot of good scoring chances. Connor McDavid hit a goal post. The Oilers deserve not just one point. The Oilers deserve two points in that hockey game, but it didn't break their way. Uh, let's get into my three big things from that hockey game brought to you by... 
Our new friends at Montana's. Montana's is bringing back the viewing party in 2023. Mondays, today, how about this? It's half price wings. Sit down, they got screens. You can watch whatever game you want at Montana's. And on Mondays, you enjoy half price wings. They got daily specials, new daily specials rolling out. So check out their website as well. A new feature deal every single day. Three big things brought to you by Montana's. Number one, sometimes you just get goalied. And that's really what I chalked that game up to against the Winnipeg Jets. Connor Hellebuck is probably going to be a finalist for the Vesna Trophy. And he showed why. He was great. Stopping 31 of 32, making some big, big saves as well. And he was a big reason why the Oilers' power play in that hockey game went 0 for 5. 0 for 5. How many times is the Oilers' power play going to go 0 for 5? Again, if they play exactly like they did on New Year's Eve, every game in 2023, it's going to be another long playoff run for the Oilers because their power play is not going to go 0 for 5 every night. You're not going to face a goalie like Connor Hellebuck every single night. That's just the way it's going to go. So my, my first big thing, it's the goaltending. It was the big man between the pipes for the Winnipeg Jets. He stole one. And on that note, I'll bring in my good pal Liam to get his take on the game and the goaltending. Liam, I'm saying they just got goalied. Simple as that. Agree or disagree? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably fair to give Connor Hellebuck credit for what happened in that game. I mean, we all kind of knew what he was, right? And he just went and did it again. And he's a great goaltender. And he's a major reason why Winnipeg are where they are this season. So Oilers had to do a lot to try and get by him. And it, it took a, a shot from Clem Shady to get it in. And then not much else got by him. Obviously, it was only a, we only got one. But I thought the Oilers did okay that game. And like you said, like probably their best loss of the season, if we want to label it as that. Yeah. It's lame to call it that. But I like that's that's how I feel. Like, I don't know. Moral victories suck is my point. Mm -hmm. But I think you can take a lot of positives between the Oilers crease in that or in the Oilers crease in that game. How do we feel about the game from Jack Campbell? Because you know what? He didn't have a 900 save percentage. And I said every start for him, the goal is to be 900 or better. He only faced 17 shots. He gave up two goals. Okay, he gave up two goals. It's hard to be mad. But at the same time, we were talking. Maybe this was going to be a rallying point for Jack Campbell. New Year's Eve at Rogers Place. His first start there in almost two months. He faced 17 shots. The two goals that beat him. Yeah, I know Kyle Connor deflected it. But Jack Campbell was still scrunched up nice and small in his net. He could have stopped both of those. That was a chance for Campbell to make a statement. And I'm not mad at him. I'm not saying he's the reason they lost because he's not. But, man, he could have, he could have, that could have been a big, big momentum turner for him. It was a missed opportunity. Yeah. I mean, going into the third period, what did Winnipeg have? 10 shots? Like, the yeah. did such a good job of just limiting them and, and giving Campbell every opportunity to get that win for them. And like you said, like I'm not sitting here blaming Campbell for the loss. At the end of the day, the Oilers no. scored one goal on however many shots they had, right? It's not like the offense was flying that night either. So the first one was a little disappointing, I guess, coming across. Like it sometimes can be awkward, but you would have liked him to have had a bit more structure in his position. And I guess you could say, and especially like the way Pionk had to shoot that puck as well was awkward for him which should have gave the goalie a yeah. bit more of an advantage. And then the second one, yeah, the tip, like tips are always kind of hard to judge because obviously it's a tip and it, it's kind of a, a knee-jerk reaction thing to react. So I'm a little torn on that one, but like you said, like he was really tight in his frame. So I would have like, you know, you got, he just got those new pads, aren't they? Like a little bit bigger. Like he's got to 
He's got to be bigger in the net. Like, he's a big goalie. Like he's got to stop it. I agree. So I'm not saying here saying Campbell was the reason they lost, but I'm not saying here saying he wasn't the reason they lost. If that makes any sense at all. Yep. No, he made some big saves. Rusty pointed that out yep. as well in the chat. Like he, there were some really solid stops. Again, I'm not blaming him for the game. And QF Pro says, I don't know if that second tip, I don't think any goalie stops it. I think some goalies do. I think the other Oilers goalie probably does as well because he's bigger. Like it wasn't like a crazy deflection from going top corner to like bottom left. Like, I don't know. He did make some big yeah. saves. Maybe I'm being too hard on him. But my, my, my blanket point here with the goaltending, Hellebuck stole that game. Campbell, man, it was there on a silver platter for him to steal it because the Jets didn't get that much quality. And the two goals he gave up, I don't know. They, they kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, as always, we are streaming live on the Nation Network YouTube where we want to hear your takes. And yes, there was some news from Oilers Skate today. Mm -hmm. We're going to get to that later in the show. But we're focused on our three big things brought to you by Montana's. Uh, number two for me, it's how much they missed Leon Dreisaitl. And I know you're sitting there saying, Tyler, they played great. I mean, they only scored one goal. And their power play went 0 for 5. With Drysaddle out of the lineup, that sucks, man. Because, um, again, if he's playing in that game, I think you get a point or you get two. And the conversation about this hockey game is is vastly different than the one we're having now. They missed Dry. Yeah. Like, it, it was it was more obvious on the power play than anywhere else, I think. Like, yep. to not have that weapon of his shot and just having McDavid basically cycle the zone and trying to find guys in front like it's a big difference and usually if you're replacing dry saddle you would have probably had kane to replace him so that's kind of like they can both shoot obviously well but this time you had to replace him with yamamoto who isn't a natural shooter right like he's not going to stand there on the face off dot and blast a one time a buy like the rhythm of it was just so off and it, like you said, it's good to see him like skating again. Hopefully, he can be in action tomorrow. I think they were kind of say, alluding to, right? He could probably play. Yep. So he yeah, skated like, fully think, in practice today. So yeah, so they they'll be back in full rhythm. But yeah, like it was so blatantly obvious on the power play that they were missing dry side all that. But the other game against Seattle, they didn't have to rely on the power play, and that was a big difference for them, right? Like yep. the five on five was clicking, and you didn't need dry side Not you know, like but when the power play is there, and you're like, damn, we need a goal. Like there's not many guys in the league, never mind just on the Edmonton Oilers, who can shoot the puck like Leon Drysaddle mm -hmm. can. Yeah, QF Pro says we're missing two of our top three goal scorers. We're going to feel that. I'd also look at the Jets and yep. say, hey, they were missing Wheeler and Nick Ehlers in that hockey game. So they were in a similar spot. Uh, Tyler Mulekson says the power play lost us that game. IMO, I agree. And I again say my second big thing for reason, you missed Leon Drysaddle. Your power play doesn't lose you that hockey game if Leon Drysaddle is in the lineup. Um, going from him to Kyler Yamamoto, and I liked Kyler Yamamoto's game. And he almost scored a huge goal late in that one, rang, yeah. it, rang it off the post. Um, but they, they missed Leon Dreisaitl. And I think that's a pretty hard take to argue against. Uh, the third big thing <laughs> from that hockey game, man, he's, he's going to be in our three big things every game for the rest of the season. Clem Shady. Clem the dream. Clem Shady. Unbelievable. Finds the back of the net. It was a great goal as well. Not like some fluky just go to the net and it hits your ass kind of thing. Like he fired that puck in. Um, he's been great. Three goals now yeah. for, for Clem Shady. Or sorry, five goals for Clem Shady since he uh, joined the team. But is this here? Is this his last five games, Liam? This is just his last five games. Like there's a couple. He's had a two point game, yeah. missed a couple, then got a point, and had two points again against Seattle, and then a goal last game. And 
he's scoring massive ones too. Like, you know, like the one, obviously there was one goal in Winnipeg the other day and he's not just bringing the, the, the offense, like he's bringing everything. Like he's having fights, he's being physical. He's just like, the interviews are awesome. And then thank goodness, like he got up from that injury at the end because it looked way worse than it actually was. Just a reaction of like, even I think it was Dylan DeMello who kind of reacted to it on Winnipeg. And yeah, just like thankful that he's healthy because right now the Oilers need him. And you, we spoke about the missing dry side or like they tried costing out there on the power play too, just kind of show where they're at with him at the moment and the offensive ability he actually has that he can bring to the team and he's just feels like such a massive piece right now. Yeah. Shooting 18 and a half percent. Tyler Mulek says dude is on a heater might need to temper our expectations when he inevitably regresses. And I, I don't even know. I don't know how hard the regression is, is going to be for a guy like Clem Costin. five goals in 22 games this season. It'll come down a hair, but I think it's fair to expect that he pops 14 home this year. I granted he's not going to play yeah. in every game, but I a 14 goal pace I think is okay for for Clem Costin. He's at a 20 goal pace right now. I don't know. I'm I, I'm happy with him. Uh, that was a great deal. We talked about it on our last show. Uh, Old Dutch did real well on that, and Clem Costin continues to to prove that he maybe deserves a, a bigger opportunity in this lineup. Although playing with Ryan Nugent Hopkins is uh, paying off right now. That trio. Um, maybe maybe you don't need. To. I've been saying for a while. You know, make Nuge. Left winger. He's a scoring left winger. That's his spot on the team. Maybe this chemistry he kind of seems to have with Yanmark and Costin. Maybe you don't need to. Maybe you can run three down the middle. Mm -hmm. Maybe it changes your deadline plans a little bit. Yeah, I mean, those two have come in and they've they've had a positive impact on this team. And I think with um, with Costin too, you look at the goals where he's getting them from. He's getting them in like mm -hmm. the dirty areas, like the one on the, the one in. Winnipeg was kind of like in the slot, right? Like he's he's getting in the right spaces to score against uh, Seattle. He had that one right in front of the crease. Like his shooting percentage is high, but also like you look at the places he's scoring from, and it's it's kind of places where not to be like disrespectful to him, but it's places where Jesse Poyav is missing from, right? Like he's actually getting him in the back of the net now. So I don't know. Like I don't think 14, 15 goals is out of the question for him at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, someone is in right now. QF Pro. I think Clem's going to be huge for us in the playoffs. I mean, the Oilers got to get there first before we start talking about who could be huge for the team in the playoffs. But the good news, if you want to call it that, the St. Louis, because I, I do think it's going to be four and four. Probably four from the Pacific, yeah. four from the Central. Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Colorado, they're going to make it. It'd be very, very difficult for a team like Winnipeg to fall out of the race considering the start they've given themselves. In the Pacific, you got Vegas, LA, Calgary, Seattle, and Edmonton. One of those five are going to miss. And I think the other four all get in because Nashville does not look very good this year. Um, I don't think they have what it takes to get back into the race. St. Louis, on the surface, you go, ah, okay, they're four back of Colorado, five back of Edmonton. They have a game in hand. Maybe they can find a way to work their way back in. Tori Krug's already out. Ryan O'Reilly's going to be out, I heard, four to six weeks. Vlad Tarasenko is going to be out four to six weeks. They have no one. When Tarasenko and O'Reilly finally come back, guess what? They're probably going to get traded. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I think St. Louis is out of it. To me right now, there are eight teams holding a playoff spot right now. Again, they are Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Vegas, LA, Calgary, Seattle, and Edmonton. Those are your eight. Colorado is outside of a playoff spot right now. They're going to bump out one of Seattle, Edmonton, Calgary, or LA. And I'm still not giving LA very much of a pass. 
They're second in the division. They're five clear of Calgary, six clear of Seattle. They've played 40 games already this season. I, I, LA's goaltending sucks. So does Seattle. To put it mildly. Like, yeah, to put it mildly, their goaltending sucks. <laughs> like, at least the Oilers have Stuart Skinner going for them. Those other teams aren't getting goaltending from anybody right now. So I think Edmonton has a good shot, obviously. But I, I think LA, Cal, like, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting race is kind of the point here because one of those teams are going to miss and one of them is going to be disappointed. The other side of it is uh, Edmonton plays Seattle two more times in the next, like, whatever, two, three weeks here. A good chance to gain more ground on them. The Oilers have the big California-Vegas road trip coming up right away as well. It's an important couple of weeks for the Oilers and their playoff hopes is, uh, is my point here, Liam. Yeah, and especially, like you said, the Seattle one, like to catch them right now too, and they've kind of been slumping, like what they play them tomorrow. And then, you know, it's kind of a perfect time. That that California trip is big, mostly because you already lost to Anaheim this season and the Kings. So you got to go down there and essentially get three wins, really. Like you got to go down there and you got to put your stamp yeah. on things. And it shouldn't be out of the question when you get to play Anaheim and San Jose. The test will obviously be LA, but... Like we've said, their goaltending isn't exactly uh, flying at the moment. So it's an important time. It's important, I think, for 2023 to get off to a really good start for the Oilers. So let's hope it starts tomorrow. Yeah, let's hope. Someone uh, was laughing. Twisted. LA second in the division with a minus six. Uh, We are live on the Nation Network YouTube. Make sure you hammer that like button for us as well. Let's just get to 50 today, Liam. We didn't hit it last time. Yeah. We're maybe shooting too high. Today, we're just 50 likes on the stream, and we're happy, all right? That'll hit the spot. That's all we need. Let's kick off the year in a nice way. Give us some likes. Let's get some good vibes in the chat. First show of 2023 here on Oilers Nation Every Day, coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. You can check them out online at sportscloset.ca, St. Albert Mall, Sherwood Park Mall, St. Albert Mall, everything you need. Maybe you want to pick up a nice Leon Drysaddle jersey. So when he's in the lineup tomorrow against Seattle, you can welcome him back in, right? Have the nice 29 on your back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drysidle skated today. Clem Costin skated today as well. That was scary at the end of the game. I'll be honest, I was fully expecting the tweet from whoever being like, it's a torn ACL. Four to six yeah. months. Or, I mean, I know it'd be longer, but like, I thought he was toast. Um, I was having memories of Tyler Pitlick when he got off to that hot start the one year and then just blew out his knee and, and never recovered from it. We talked about that. A few weeks ago on the show, but uh, maybe you want a clean cost in Jersey. Throw your sport behind him. Sports Closet's got it all. That's my point. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. First show of 2023, so I figured it's fitting, Liam, that we do some predictions. We also have a new friend here at Oilers Nation, and that would be one Connor Halley announced today on the website. Yes, the post game show. Yes, we killed the beat cast, but Bag Milk gave us his <laughs> blessing, and we are launching Oilers Nation After Dark starting tomorrow with Connor Halley, and we're welcoming in Connor to the show now. He's joining us live to talk about it. Uh, Connor, the show gets going tomorrow. Do we have Connor? I think we have Connor. There he is. What's going on, man? You excited for the show to start tomorrow? Maybe we don't have Connor. Maybe Connor doesn't hear us right now. All right. All right. We, uh, we do not have Connor right now, so we will just uh, graze over that and... W- We'll go, to our, uh, we'll go to our big topic for today, which is predictions for the year 2023. I got three of them lined up. Connor's going to join us eventually at some point here and give us his predictions for 2023 as well. But I want you to drop yours in the Nation Network chat. Give me a bold take. Give me a mild take. Whatever you got. Predictions for the year 2023. And uh, we're also going to hit on some New Year's resolutions for the Edmonton Oilers as well uh for me the big thing will be i my resolution for them it's tired we've been talking about this for years it's they're the person who says i'm going to get into shape in the new year and then they ride the bike for a couple of weeks and then the resolution falls apart but the oilers need to become elite at starting games on time liam that is that should 100 be their resolution for the new year become not just good because right now they're terrible not just good they need to be elite at starting games on time that's my resolution for them I think that's a good one. I'm sure it's one that most fans have had in their, in their bank for the Oilers for many years now, but we've somewhat seen it the last two games, I guess. Like they had a really good start against Seattle, obviously. What was that four goals in the first period? And then you go out to Winnipeg and you don't allow a shot for the first 10. Unfortunately, the first one goes in, but you know, I, um, yeah, I like that one a lot, Tyler. I think that's something that most people are going to be wishing for. So let's hope tomorrow night that one, that one gets buzzing. Yeah, get off to a good start and tomorrow night against Seattle. It'd be great if they could. Becoming elite at starting games on time. That's my big resolution. Um, we might have Connor at some point. We're just trying to figure out uh, some technical difficulties on that side. Dr. Gonzo's in, says tarps off for Oilers Nation after dark. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be that spicy of a show, but it'll be good. The takes will be fire. You never know. Uh, Chris Walking, all I wanted for 2023 was more Oilers Nation content. And I got my wish. Yeah, we'll be streaming it live on uh, the Nation Network YouTube like we do with all of our live programming. But we're excited to build that out. Um, we're going to have a post-game show. Obviously, this show serves as kind of your pre-game show as well. And then we're planning some other special stuff as well. I don't want to give away too, too much. But the idea being um, around the Oilers game, when the action's not on, you'll always have something to watch. And that's kind of the teaser for some of the other content we have coming up in 2023. Uh, Rusty, the reckless optimist is in 2023 predictions. 
McDavid hits 70 goals. Whew. 160 points. They finish second in the division and they make the Stanley Cup finals. I w- I'm writing Ooh. an article right now uh, with my predictions too. And one of them is that they still get home ice advantage in this year's playoffs. So I think it's possible. Like again, Calgary, not looking that good. Seattle might be falling apart just a little bit here. And then the third one, LA goaltending sucks. I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, yeah. I mean, if there's any division you want to be in right now to to be in that spot, it's definitely the the Pacific. So um, I like that one. My prediction was that they would make it back to the Western Conference Finals at the the minimum. Mm. Just because, like, again, you look at the division they have to go through, like, it's more than winnable to to get that far and achievable. And then from there, like, who knows? Anything can happen, right? Like, I, I don't. I see them like getting there and then like you have the experience of last season. Like it's a lot different than going there for the first time. And then, yeah, they got swept, but now you're kind of like a little bit more prepared to go. You have that experience and Oilers are probably, is it weird to say they're better this season than last season? Like going into that, like it seems odd to say like where they're at right now, but like, I feel like I have more confidence in this team to achieve more than they did last season. Like I never expected them to go to the Western conference finals. Or do you think, expectations are just slightly higher expectations are higher obviously because once you go to the conference finals once right everyone wants to see growth they want to see you do it again for lack of a better phrase and then go deeper so i i think expectations are just higher i'm just looking last year i wanted to see how they did last year in uh in january because that'll be the big chain the big determining mark for me last year january was kind of the month that sealed dave tibbett's fate as their head coach and i know we talked about what they were on pace for and all of that a little bit uh earlier on a couple weeks ago on the show but last year in january the oilers went four four and two 25th in the nhl i have a funny feeling they're going to be above 500 in january this year so Here's to hoping they get off to a better start in 2023. Rusty had another one there. He said McDavid finishes with 160 points. He's on pace for 155 right now. So um, 160 might be a little bit too optimistic, but 70 goals, that's not happening. That's crazy, man. For him to get up to that pace again would be bananas. But I'll say this, Rusty, he won't go 70-160. He'll go... 6150, I think, is the mark. 60 goals, 90 assists feels like a good mark for uh, McDavid. I feel like the only way McDavid gets back to that kind of standard is if Drysaddle is out for a while and he's like, I just got to do this on my own. And obviously, we know that's not going to happen, but I feel like that's like one way to kind of get there. Um, I liked what Tyler said Nugent Hopkins, 35 plus goals and 90 points this season. Mm. I mean, not all the question. He's been no, I mean, nuts this season, I think he's so. on pace for like more than that. So why not? Yeah, huh. yeah. And then here's here's another one from the Bison guy. Well, sorry, Bison mask guy. Three predictions. Number one, Holland will land a Detroit Red Wing. I mean, you, you can never rule that out. Uh, one of Yavi, Yamamoto, and Bouchard will have a huge second half to the season. Yep, I think actually that'll be Paul Pie. I think he's kind of coming around right now. Uh, number yeah. three, Oilers will land Ratko Gudas or Jake McCabe. I know there's been a, there's been a lot of talk about McCabe actually because Freeman brought him up, right? 
Yeah, Elliot Friedman on Saturday said Jake McCabe could be one of the guys that the Oilers are interested in. He's a left shot, right? He plays both sides, um, but he's under contract for two more years at four million bucks, 29 years old. Um, I don't know. I don't love the idea of getting someone with term. Also, he has a modified no trade clause, seven team, no trade list. No idea if Edmonton would even be on that or not. Um, Again, I think he's a good player. I like him, but acquiring a guy with term right now, I just... You're giving up on Philip Broberg if you're doing that. Or you're confident that next season McCabe or Broberg can flip to the right side and you're trading Tyson Berry over the summer, which maybe they'll look at doing anyways. But he's an interesting target. I love the idea of Radko Gudis just because, again, expiring deal. He costs less. That's the other thing with the McCabe trade. You're not going to get Chicago to retain money for two more years. You're going to have to take him at four million bucks. So if he's your third pairing left shot D man, are you spending four mil on that? Or are you saying he pushes Kulak down all that? Um, Tyler Mulek says he doubled down on it on 32 thoughts today as well. Yeah. I mean, Friedman's in the know. So if he's saying it, there's smoke there. I just don't know if he's my favorite target. I like the player, but I think the circumstances around acquiring him maybe aren't as cut and dry as just going out, getting yourself a rental and you're solid. Um, we, do we have Connor? Oh, you keep going, Liam. Oh, I was going to say, you mentioned the the fact that McCabe has term. Like, I just don't love that idea. And especially with, like, I'd rather just get Edmondson, if I'm being honest. Like, out of the two of them, like, he's probably the one. He's slightly cheaper as yeah. well. More experience. He's won the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, that's invaluable too, right? Like, I feel like that's a guy I would rather have. And I'm the guy who said he's not even welcome in the city. So, take that for what it's worth. So, um yeah, I don't know. I don't love. I feel like you're acquiring someone with term. You just restrict yourself, and I I like the idea of having flexibility next year. Like every year, you have McDavid and Drysaddle. You need to have the ability to do as much as you can. And I understand, obviously, not everyone's going to be a free agent, but like you can't just put yourself in either deadline. And with McCabe too, like like you said, like Chicago's not going to want to keep any anything. So does that mean we now have to pay more for him when we could go and get something else with that asset we had to do for them for Chicago to pay? Like, um, just seems money. like a, a sideways move or backwards move, even to be honest. Uh, Tyler Mulek says three player trade: McCabe, Lafferty, Taves. Yeah, I mean, ideal world. Sure, sure. you just one stop shop and you fill <laughs> all your spots. But I just don't know if that's necessarily the right spot. Okay. We are going to get into our predictions for 2023. Uh, one prediction is that Oilers Nation After Dark with Connor Halley will launch with no technical hiccups, but we're welcoming in Connor to the show now. Uh, Connor, welcome in. How excited are you to get Oilers Nation After Dark going? Welcome to the nation as well. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate the opportunity to join you guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, Tyler, looking forward to it. Uh, post-game shows are always the best. I find that's when you get the most emotion. I got a chance to do that for a long time on TSN 1260. So yeah, we'll get it going and, and deal with some of the best personalities from Oilers Nation. I think that's going to be a real cool aspect of it as well. Yeah, it's going to be a rotating co-hosting chair with Connor. So you'll have him every day. You'll have, you know, myself. Bagged Milk will be around, and he's joining Connor on episode one as well. Um, just so, you know, everyone can put the whole You Killed the Beat cast thing behind us. Bagged Milk will be on episode one. Myself, Zach, Liam, Jay, everyone. Uh, it'll be a great show. And, of course, the Nation Network YouTube chat, which is always popping. I know a bunch of them have been itching for a post-game show on YouTube. So you are getting it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it starts tomorrow immediately following the game against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Connor, it's 2023. Happy New Year. 
Let's get into some predictions for the upcoming year. I tasked you before joining the show today to give me three. We'll go back and forth one at a time. Give me your first big prediction for the Oilers in 2023. Well, Happy New Year to you, Tyler, as well, and, and everyone tuning in today. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm being pretty optimistic. I think in 2023, you know, every New Year's, you got to try to find the good that can come out of this. So I'm going to say... In 2023, Connor McDavid scores 63 goals. That's going to be okay. 32 more, sorry, 33 more this year. So he's going to surpass Austin Matthews from last year. He's going to get up to 65. And then in the first half of next year, he won't quite meet this year's pace, but he's still going to score 30. So McDavid's got 33 goals in 2023. To end the season, 33 goals. I like that. I like that. 65, he'd probably lock up the Hart Trophy. And you know what? Yeah. That lines up with my first prediction for 2023. Connor McDavid more or less sweeps the NHL awards. I'm going to say he gets the Hart Trophy. He gets the Art Ross. The 65 goals propel him to the rocket. And he scoops up the Lindsay as well. Connor McDavid will get this great photo of him at the awards with all four of them right in front. And uh, I, I, I think Connor McDavid obviously going to keep going off. Another thing that Gregor brought up on uh, the DFO rundown today was the idea of Connor McDavid winning the Triple Crown, leading the NHL in goals, assists, and points. <laughs> There's actually in like the modern era of the NHL, so I think it's since like the 50s or 60s, only five yeah. players have ever done that. That's crazy. And Connor McDavid is on pace to do that this year. The only guy who seems like a bit of a threat to pass him is Kucherov. And they're tied in assists right now. So if McDavid can outpace Kucherov in the assist mark, he'd also win the Triple Crown. So my first big prediction in line with you, McDavid sweeping the awards and he's winning the Triple Crown. That's video game stuff right there, hey? Like that's what you oh, and I yeah. do and create a player in NHL mode. Like, yeah, <laughs> do it every year. No big deal. In real life, it's absolutely insane. Uh, Electronic Jordan says Con Smythe and Stanley Cup on the next table, and, and Tyler was in in all caps and said, "And the Con Smythe." That was. I'm, I'm going to get into more detail with that when I write the article side of this. But I also have the Oilers going to the Cup final this year. That was my prediction, and I'll say as long as they get there, they don't even have to win the damn thing. As long as they get there, Connor McDavid's probably getting the Con Smythe as well. I even argued that this last year he probably should have been on more ballots than he was, considering he had two points a game in the postseason. So yeah, maybe, maybe people, maybe we're getting a little too far ahead of ourselves, <laughs> but there might be a little bit of extra hardware, but McDavid wins at least four awards is my first big prediction. Second one, Connor, what do you got? Well, uh, continue the positivity, and that's going to be kind of a thing throughout my predictions, hoping for things to to improve upon themselves. And I'm I'm saying Jack Campbell finds his game back. Uh, you know, obviously this year has been brutal. Uh, there's no way to really sugarcoat it. It hasn't been good for it, and he's come out and admitted it. He's been very hard on himself as well. But I, I think at some point this year he's going to get back to that level of play that we saw last year in Toronto, where you know for a short period people said maybe Vesna. I think I think he's going to find his game and get back to that. At some point. Now, hopefully that'll come during the playoffs. If, if, you know, anything should happen to Stuart Skinner, fatigue sets in, whatever it might be first year as kind of being the guy. But I think at some point this year in 2023, we're going to see Jack Campbell go on a run. I don't know how many games it'll be, but he'll look like the guy that got that five by five contract. His numbers are slowly trending in the right way. And it's, it is slow. Um, but I'm like, I like what you brought up with Toronto because you're right at this point last year. What was the talk around Campbell's like, oh, the Leafs have a Vesna trophy caliber goaltender. What's going to stop him? And to be fair, he was good in the playoffs as well. Like that last game seven that they lost against Tampa. He was really solid. 
but he got hurt and he fell apart in the second half of the season. He was nowhere near the Vesna Trophy conversation. These things can happen. These things can turn around, and it usually doesn't come with much of a warning, especially with goaltending. Like, I don't know. I, he settled into the backup role. I think he'll probably play like 16, 17 games down the stretch. But if you had to give me your save percentage prediction, if, if Campbell's in net for 15 to 20 games from now to the end of the year, what's the save percentage? <laughs> so what's he sitting at right now? We have him around 870-something. Oh, man. I mean, if he could just get into the nines, if he gets into the nines, I feel like that's you know, would, would quiet people, quiet the naysayers, maybe, um, maybe mentally for him, just seeing it jump up to that, like, okay, you know, this is where I can hover around. This is where I need to be. Um, but yeah, if, if he gets into the nines, I think that, you know, based off what we've seen so far, you're probably pretty happy with it. Um, you know, the, even the game, the last time we saw him out there only allows two goals, uh, maybe a bit of a softy on that second one. You'd like to make that save, but yeah, like you said, slowly getting the improvements. I think at some point it's just going to click in for him. Rusty, the reckless optimist with a take that only he could craft. And I love it. Campbell's playing 4D chess, pretend to be terrible for load management and then go <laughs> lights out in the playoffs. And yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. he's just on a completely different level, um, but he's 876 through 16 games. So if you were to say he plays 16 more from now to the end of the season, your Chuck math, he'd have to be 924 down the stretch for the Oilers. Tyler Mulek, are we 100% out of a, of Jennings contention? Yeah, I don't think the Oilers duo is going to be winning the Jennings this year, unfortunately. Uh, my second take, though, and this one, or my second prediction, and this involves a goalie. Connor, I, I had this take last week, so listeners, it won't be too new to you, but I'm going to say four yeah. Oilers do go to the All-Star game this year. It's Hyman, it's new, or sorry, it's not Hyman, it's Nuge, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Stuart Skinner. Four Oilers going to the All-Star game. Again, you look at the breakdown of goalies in this division and who could potentially deserve to go. It's Logan Thompson. It's Stuart Skinner. It's maybe Jacob Markstrom. He'd be the only other one who has the slightest bit of a case. But every other goalie in this division has been junk, so I think Skinner's got a spot. Just by default, we're throwing him in there. Hey, I, yeah. I think so too. I mean, yeah, you, the names you list off there, no one's really jumping out ahead of him. Stuart Skinner has been great this year. Uh, kept the Oilers in a lot of games, and I, I like that prediction. I like that one. I'd love to see it. The NHL All-Star game is kind of a joke, but, you know, if four Oilers got in, yeah. I think that's a win. I think it'd be fun. Uh, the other prediction someone yeah. had, um, they were asking if maybe Stuart Skinner finds his way into the Rookie of the Year conversation. I think the way it'll probably go, Matty Beneers is great. He's got 25 points in 35 games. He'll be in the mix for sure. But I actually think the other two nominees are in all likelihood going to be goalies. When you look at it, Logan Thompson's been great for Vegas, although his numbers, his save percentage at least, is slightly worse than Skinner's. Skinner's got a 917 and a 278. Logan Thompson's got a 915 and a 264. But then there's also Pyotr Kochetkov. And he's been, he's 10, 10, one and four for the Carolina Hurricanes, 928 save percentage, 1.94 goals against average. I honestly think it's going to be Matty Beneers and two goalies, and that'll be your Calder ballot this year. I like it. Could you imagine? I mean, for Oilers fans, obviously, we want to see someone eventually get that Calder. McDavid doesn't get it. Drysdale, Nuge, all these guys that they've had. Those number one overall picks that you had hoped would be in contention haven't been able to get it done. McDavid with injury, obviously, if they put that kind of out there, but yeah, um, that would be really cool to see Stuart Skinner just be in that conversation, just get a little recognition for what he's been able to do this year. Because coming in, I, what did we think would be, you know, 55, 30 kind of 
yeah. that would be the, the games played almost. I know that doesn't check out to 82. My math's not great on the fly here, but yeah, I mean, it, I think that, you know, he's, he's kind of got the opportunity and ran with it. He's been terrific. Give me your uh, third prediction. What do you got? Oh, third prediction. Continuing with the optimism. I'm just very vaguely saying Evan Bouchard figures it out. And I, I know that going into the past couple of years, there's people that have thought he'd be ready to take that step. And, you know, you're able to move Tyson Berry. And, um, you know, I don't think it's gone as planned. The, the development's never going to be in a perfect straight line. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. But I think it's important to remember he's only played, you know, 140 regular season games. You factor in the playoffs, 156. I think there's still lots of room for improvement. And uh, I, I don't know about you, Tyler, uh, going back to our, you know, with the radio careers, Every time I screwed up, that was a great way to to learn from my lesson and, and never let it happen again. So I, I'm just going to be the eternal optimist here and just say, you know what? Evan Bouchard starts to figure things out in the 2023 calendar year and uh, maybe, maybe gets back that confidence and lives up to his draft billing. In the last calendar year, Evan Bouchard played 88 regular season games for the Oilers, and he had 29 even strength points. Tyson Berry only had 20. So I don't know. I, I don't think I, I like that take. I do think that Bouchard is he's learning some tough lessons right now. But I talked about in the last game against no Winnipeg doubt. at five on five. The Jets didn't get a shot when he was on the ice. And I know that the entire game was kind of played in one end of the ice. So maybe that's not like a super huge compliment of Bouchard's play, but I think he's starting to go in the right direction here. And yeah, people forget like this guy's not even at 200 games in the NHL. It takes defensemen a long time to figure it out. And I always get a laugh because we, we hear that a lot. It's always like, Oh man, Hey, you gotta give D men like 300 games for you judge them. But then in the moment, fan bases are always so quick to just cannibalize and eat their own. When it comes to these young D men, it's like, no, you got to give him time. He's playing on your third pairing right now. That's fine. That's a good spot for him. He's going to mess up. That's fine. He's not supposed to play like a 500 game veteran right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's it, right? And I think you said it with low tight end Jane on Friday, right? Like developments, it's not a straight line. There's going to be ups, yeah. there's going to be downs. Uh, he'll have great games where we hype him up and then, you know, bad games where he gets torn apart. But you got to remember, take a step back, look at this as, you know, the full 82 game season or just, you know, how he's been in his whole career. I think there are enough positives to think he's going to pan out, but there's going to be hiccups along the way. My third prediction for this calendar year is that the Oilers first round pick in 2023 is traded by the deadline. Again, this maybe isn't the spiciest take, but I think you look back to the summer and the way Ken Holland kind of played things with moving out the picks down the line to get Zach Cassian off the books, not just saying, all right, I'll move some picks in 2023, talking 24, 25. He knows they need to be in win now mode. They can't waste any more time. They can't risk being one piece away this year with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle. Ken Holland will go out and move that first round pick in 2023. The way I'll spin this with you, Connor, is when you look at the market, who's kind of out there and all of that, Who, if, if you are in charge, you're moving the first round pick no matter what, <laughs> who, do you, who do you want? Who's your number one deadline target for the Oilers? Jeez, I mean... I... <laughs> The name, it's popped up and, you know, I, I like Jacob Chikrin. I, I love the, the opportunity to get him. I know it's a, a popular name amongst Oilers fans and, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that kind of are quick to dismiss him, but, you know, the, the potential that he has. And I know injury concerns have been something that have been brought up, but, you know, players get hurt all the time and, and sometimes he, he's gone through it and, and maybe it's something he's overcome, but 
that that would be the one for me. That that's the guy for me. And I know you're gonna have to put together a package and obviously move on a couple other pieces, but you know, to get him on a good contract and for another couple of years, I mean the Oilers are in their window. Um, that would be a move that I would really like to see. Uh, I've seen some of the other reports out there that just for me personally don't really move the needle. I, I think Jacob Jacob would be a great guy if you can acquire him. Yeah, I, I just worry if it's got to involve Dylan Holloway, I stay away. And yeah. that was the point I made last week. If you need to, you need guys still win now mode is one thing, but you're going to need cheap players to come into your lineup in the next few years to help you out. The cap going up will help as well, but you need the Holloways, the Brobergs, and the Borgos to step into your lineup and kind of immediately make an impact for you while they're on their ELCs and save you that money. So I do like Chikrin. I worry about the cost. The first round pick, if it's being moved, I still like Jonathan Taves. I think that's a guy who you can yeah. get for just the first round pick. Who knows? Maybe it even takes less. Maybe it's the second and Pugliarvi ends up getting you a guy like Jonathan Taves because Kane's going to be the one there that gets the biggest return. But I would love to see the Oilers go get a just great veteran third line center like that who could help you out in your own end, help your team out defensively as well and go get more of a B or C piece to help out on the left side of the blue line, but we'll see. It's going to be an exciting few months here leading up to the deadline for the Oilers. And, and in some ways, their play will also dictate how in deep Ken Holland goes with the moves he makes ahead of the deadline. If they're winning a lot, then yeah, probably more inclined to go all in. And if they're winning a lot, Connor, you're going to be having some fun on Oilers Nation After Dark, which again starts tomorrow. Thanks for joining me here today. And uh, I, I'm very excited to see you tomorrow on the show as well. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, really looking forward to it. Hope to get lots of uh, feedback and interaction from the listeners. I'll take all, all the texts and uh, you know messages we get, relay those on, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Connor Halley, the new host of Oilers Nation After Dark, starting tomorrow after the Kraken game. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Connor. Let's get to our wrap on today's show. The wrap, as always, on Oilers Nation every day. I'm going to bring in Liam here because I want to hear if he's got any predictions. Liam, Connor, and I went back and forth with our spicy ones. Uh, what do you think? What do you got? Yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to think too. There's just there's so many things. I think an easy one, I suppose, if Andy Kane comes back and quickly throws himself as one of the best players on this team again, that's pretty easy. I did like the Campbell yeah. one. I think he is slightly trend into in a positive way. He's not perfect yet by any means that like we've already discussed, but I do like what he's been doing. So I guess my prediction will be that like at some point this season, we won't be on this show being like, oh, well, do you start Campbell this game? Because it's like an easier opponent. I think there'll be a point where you can just play either goalie at, at any time, which would be a great point to get to for any team, but especially the Oilers. Some people talking about the all-star game. I, I don't really want to get into it. I like it. And someone was saying, make it count. I think it was Tyler. Make it mean something like the MLB does. Baseball hasn't done that for actually a while. Um, they totally yeah. scrapped the idea. Um, I, I don't want it to mean anything. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be for the city it's in. It's supposed to be kind of for the younger generation of the fans. I went to the game last year and in person, it, it's great. Like the festival that goes around it with all that. It's awesome. So I, I don't know. I, I like that it means nothing. I think they've nailed it with this three-on-three -three format because it allows it to just be fun. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. If you want to kind of see the three-on-three -three skill side of things, it's a, it's an entertaining kind of hour and a half. I don't know. I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, if you want 
meaningful hockey, you're just never going to get it in an all-star game. It's meant to kind of showcase the stars and showcase the skills and the model they have right now is uh, is exactly what that does. Uh, some questions about Oilers question. Nation after dark. Okay, sure. I, I got one for you on the All-Star game, Tyler. As someone who was there last year, like you said, you, you saw like, the skills contest in, in person and Trevor Zegras doing his stuff and he, even Jack Hughes was quite entertaining in it too. Like, Do you think the NHL should take an NBA approach where like you don't have to be in the All-Star game to play in the skills competition? You just have to be like skilled to be in it, I guess you could say. I think that would make it more entertaining because, like, for years, like, the Chara and Shea Weber slap shot was such an iconic yeah. part of it. And then it just disappeared, and then Shea Weber ran away with it, right? I feel like you, you kind of need that. I think uh, the other thing, unless it's going to be in Vegas every year, you're going to have a real hard time convincing someone to, like, go to Minnesota just to do the hardest shot competition, yeah. you know? I, I think yeah, that's probably that's, why that's that fair. doesn't work. Yeah. Um, okay. That's a good point. R- Rusty asked Owen oh, after dark on right after the game. Yeah. Right after the game, we'll be going live on the nation network YouTube with that bad boy. Um, Mainlander Tim, what time will it be posted as a pod? Will it be ready by 4am? Yes. It'll be posted like right <laughs> when the show's done. So again, if you're like Mainlander Tim and you're out in the, in an Eastern time zone, it'll all work. Um, Tyler says MLB is a meaningful game. It doesn't, the MLB hasn't had a meaningful game, I think for like five, six years. So, uh, yeah, like it just it doesn't happen in any sport. Like the Pro Bowl is not meaningful. None of it is, and it's not supposed to. I don't think it's a good idea to have these guys like for some reason going out there and busting their ass for an All Star game. It's supposed to be fun. Um, let's get to our Betway bets of the day, Liam, to wrap up the show today. I see you got a couple loaded up here, so walk me through them because this is a big night for Team Canada. This is a big one. There's only there's only three NHL games today, and one of them is happening right now in the Winter Classic. Yeah. So. We're obviously not going to touch on that, but I'm going to go with the the Road Dogs in the Vegas Golden Knights against Colorado. Vegas has been like very, very good yeah. on the road this season, and Colorado's a little bit banged up. I just kind of like the, I just like the money that's there right now, the value on Vegas to take that. So plus one forty for them, and then honestly for the Canada game, there wasn't a ton of value on anyone. Like Connor Bedard, you literally can't even make a bet on him because the guy's just going to put up four yeah. points a game. So. That's kind of why they're up. But Dylan Gunther's had a very good tournament. He has four goals. So even money for a guy that's scoring at almost a goal per game rate. Oh, is yeah, goal per game rate because they've only played four. So I like the yeah. chances for him tonight. And Team Canada, they were minus 5,000 to win the game tonight. So, you know, Slovakia's not that bad, I'll tell you that much. But I think uh, I think Canada, we spoke about it on Saturday's show. They, I think... I think that win over Sweden was a bit of a statement. Like the month, the game against Czechia wasn't quite who they really were, and who they were against Sweden is kind of where they're at now. So I think they should be able to handle Slovakia, and hopefully Dylan Gunther can get that goal for us too. I like that. At the beginning of the tournament, I bet on Dylan Gunther to go over seven and a half points, and I think he's at five or six right now. So I'm sweating that one out with you because I need him to get his eighth point yeah. of the tournament. Um, so yeah, he needs two more for me. All right. That's not bad. I also have Shane Wright over nine and a half points on the tournament. So I'm sweating that one out. And, uh, Connor Bedard's line was set at a very casual 11 and a half. So he crushed that. I think in the second period of the second game or some nonsense like that. Oh my goodness. He is He's such a special like a player. Period. Yeah. Is, is that, well, I think he's at 17 points now, isn't he? Yeah. Isn't that what so he's at? He's tied played. for the record or something? 
14. Sorry, he has yeah. 14. He has 17 in total or whatever. And you've also, yeah, it's just, I don't know. We could talk, I could do a full podcast on Conor Bedard. Honestly, he's nuts. But just very exciting Canadian team, honestly. Just the way he does everything. A lot of the other players on this team, too. They've they've figured it out. And I, I believe, I believe in the Maple Leaf. Yeah, no value on Canada tonight, though, straight up, unless you want to bet them on a four and a half goal spread. And honestly, I think Slovakia is a little bit better than the books are giving them credit for. Oh, yeah. uh, they got some interesting pieces like Nemec is good. They, they got good players there. You're a check, all that. So, um, yeah. Anyways, Canada at 430. Uh, no Oilers game tonight, but there is a Bills game. Shout out to my Buffalo Bills. Your Lions, mm. Liam, back in the they got a shot. They got a shot at the playoffs. I, I said the other week, I can't remember who I was talking to, I was like, I guarantee we lose to Carolina and then we beat Chicago and then we'll beat Green Bay and uh, Lambeau. It's going to be tough, but I believe. I've, I mean, we literally have nothing to lose. We thought we were going to be last this season, but here we are. One win away from going to the playoffs. So here's the hoping. Here's the hoping. You need a win. You need a win and both a Green Bay and Seattle loss though, right? But we play Green Bay. So, oh, yeah. So, you just we, gotta, yeah, you gotta beat Green Bay and you need Seattle to lose. Yeah. So, it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's interesting because the Seattle play the Rams and Detroit have the Rams first round pick. So, you almost want the Rams to lose so you get a better pick. But also, if the Rams win, then you get in the playoffs if you win. So, it's like, you know what? It could be, it could be nice both ways, I suppose. Uh, Electronic Jordan says, go Bengals. Now, if you're not betting Bills minus two and a half on Betway, Forget about it. Forget about it. Uh, Shout out to our friends at Betway 19 plus. Please play responsibly tomorrow on the show. It is another short for giant game day edition of the show. If you want to know more about their mobile service department, you know it already. Link somewhere down there. Shout out to Shortford. Um, we'll talk about that. Jay will be along. We'll be back in the studio as well because the holiday break is over. Lots going on Tuesday on the show. Frank Zervalo is going to be along Wednesday. It's shaping up to be an exciting week here. And Oilers Nation After Dark launches tomorrow following the game against the Seattle Kraken. Shout out to our guy Connor Halley for stopping by. Shout out to Soho, Sports Closet, all that good stuff. Liam, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks to everyone who tuned in as well on the Nation Network YouTube. Have a good Monday, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.